Giuliani. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Rudy is not here today. I'll tell you all about that. I am Dr. Maria covering for the great Rudy Giuliani. He is defending his law license with the District of Columbia Bar Association. As you know, Rudy has been um, publicly persecuted because he was speaking out against the Russian collusion. Then he was speaking out about the contents of the laptop. And then the New York bar and the D.C. bar decided to suspend his license over a year and a half ago. This man has been a lawyer for 15 years, never had one bit of problem. So they really hit him where it hurts, unable to make a living, plus a sense of pride. You know, when you work for something, that's like somebody all of a sudden taking away my nurse practitioner license for no reason. So we wish the mayor luck. He's got the truth on his side, and hopefully... You'll have very little activists on the, the boards, and they will look at the Constitution and reinstate your your licenses ASAP. Well, our president is going to Arizona today. I'm very happy for him. I like it when he goes and visits places in our country. But something has me a little hmm, perplexed, I guess, is one of my favorite words. He won't go visit the border. He's so close, less than a 100 miles away, and he won't go to the border. You all know that he, um, in his loose policies, not following our immigration policies, has basically said, and he did say, in a Democrat primary, when he was fighting with the rest of the Democrats to become the nominee, he said, come, surge the border. And definitely they surged the border. Over 2 million illegal aliens have entered our country. We don't know who they are. We don't even know where they are now. We know there was about 100 on a terrorist watch list. But you know there's much more to this border situation. We are Americans. What does that mean? We're the melting pot. We love people from every country. We do. That's who we are. But we have to have a process, and we have to have a vetting process. And we are a sovereign nation, and it's okay. Don't be embarrassed to say that. It's something to be proud of. But the way it's been going for the last two years has put all of us in jeopardy. Not only our national security, like I said, at least 100 known terrorist suspects have tried to get in. What about the Godaways? We don't even know about the Godaways. The agents have told me in the past they try to do their best. They see people running by them. They, you know, they can only do so much and they don't have the support of the president. But there's a lot more that happens at that border. You've probably saw news coverage of these like bracelets on the ground everywhere. It's littered on the ground and passports and other things littered, you know, pre-border because the cartels own our border. The cartels determine who comes and who goes. And, And that's not an exaggeration. They start working with people from Guatemala, Venezuela, and they put a price on it. And some of the prices is, I'm very surprised people can afford it. Anywhere from two to ten grand. Chinese people, they're charging about twenty grand. And on the route 
to America, some of these people suffer such horrific things. And I'm not just talking about the heat. It may be dehydration. I'm talking about the violent rapes to young girls and women. And they take pride. Some of these cartel members take pride in that. They have what's called a rape tree, and they'll put an article of clothing up on that tree for two reasons. One, to boast to other cartel members. Look at what I did. The other thing is to put the fear of Jesus in all of them. Don't get out of line. You're to follow me. You're to shut your mouth. Now, for those people who don't have the money up front, the cartel knows where you're going to go. Some of them, you know, they'll give them a slip of paper and say, I know you have an aunt in Los Angeles. We know the address. And those people are in servitude sometimes for the rest of their life. This is not what America is about. America shouldn't have servitude to anyone. They shouldn't be harassed. They shouldn't be raped. They shouldn't be forced to go into gangs. Why does the cartel own America's border and not America? It's a huge problem. And I had the opportunity to talk to Alejandro Mayorkas about about that here in New York at a 9-11 ceremony. And the man looked at me like he was looking through me with the oddest smile on his face. And he said, I know there's problems with the cartel and we're going to take care of it. I said, you're going to take care of it. How are you going to take care of it? Don't you think we should put a moratorium on the border till we figure this out? He said, we're working on it. I did not feel like there was one ounce of sincerity in that guy. Not at all. And then I have to look at the fentanyl deaths. Last year, we had more fentanyl deaths in the ages between 18 and 45, more than COVID deaths in those age groups, heart attacks. And it's a poisoning. So most people don't go out and just buy pure fentanyl. Some people do, but most people don't. And most of these things are coming from China, and they work with the Sonanola cartels and the other cartels, and they push it into the United States of America. The other thing China and and somewhat India is doing is they make these fake Percocet pills, Xanax pills. It looks like the real thing. So... It's being made in a non-therapeutic lab, and they're putting fentanyl in it. So you have a young kid on Snapchat complaining about their parents, the stress of their life, and they have a pusher, a groomer, saying, you know what, I got this Xanax from my grandma's cabinet. One, One will help you sleep tonight. Well, that kid goes to sleep for life. It's a poison They're poisoning our children. There's new sets of drugs called nitrazine in it. So we have a real, real border crisis on a number of fronts. And my president won't go see the border, won't talk to the agents. Nobody's being held accountable for what's happening. I don't know what he's thinking. And then he put Kamala in charge and she went to the triangle over there and said, don't come. And, and I don't think she's done anything since. It's I feel like nobody cares except some of the GOP and some of the Dems who live a, around that border. I like McCarthy's idea. He did um, offer to host Joe Biden, our president, down at the border. Let's have meetings down here so every day we can be immersed in what these border agents and what these property owners go through. But, of course, Biden declined. 
And then there's the sex trafficking. So I know Governor Abbott got in a little bit of hot water with the mayor here, Eric Adams, in New York. Eric Adams thought he wasn't meaning Abbott being humane. You're using these people. You're bussing them around. you got to put them somewhere. If the federal government is not going to help, there's got to be room. And these people consented to come to New York. Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul never mentioned the secret flights that the Biden administration was doing into Westchester. The last one really disturbed me because it was about 50 teenage girls and they were going to sponsors. I got a sick feeling in my stomach. What does this mean, going to sponsors? It, it, it felt to me like a sex trafficking ring or something. I don't know. We're in trouble and we've got to look into this and hopefully with a new Congress and a new Senate. Granted, uh, the Republicans don't have majority, but hopefully we can have some common sense Democrat sen- senators and together they look at what's going on at that border. And to me, <laughs> just simply put a moratorium on it. We can't do, okay, we'll let so many people in. Well, they can become citizens right away. Put a moratorium. Not one person enters this country. They come in, we turn them around and say no more, and we concentrate on the people who have come in, and we look for them, we process them, we have them go through our court system, and if they don't meet refugee status, then they go in a line like everybody else. I do have to say one thing. President Trump did visit the border in his four years about five times. The border meant something to him. Border security meant something to him. And I do appreciate that about uh, President Trump. Well, big day today. Big day down in Georgia. Finally, this runoff, that's all we've been hearing about. Raphael Warnock versus Herschel Walker. Who do you think is going to come out on top? There's been so much early voting again. About 1.85 million people have already voted even before today. So hopefully tonight, I don't know how it will go. Will will we go into the wee hours of the morning? But hopefully tonight we'll know who the senator from Georgia will be. It means a lot to the Republicans because they'll be... Even though they won't have the majority, there'll be some more committees where they get to be on. And I think that's appropriate. I think when you have one party rule, that's where we got in trouble these last two years. It was like lockstep. It didn't seem like we had many people speaking out with reason. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a win there. I think it's going to be tough. Well, you know me, right? Dr. Maria is from New Hampshire. I live in New Hampshire. I love New Hampshire. I uh, think everything is so cool about New Hampshire. And one of the things I often talk about is our first in the nation primary. And the reason why it's so important is because candidates who don't have a big war chest actually get to meet people. If you want to meet any presidential candidate in New Hampshire, you can. It's that easy. You you just find out where they're at. A lot of times they do house parties, too. They start really small. So you really get to vet all the candidates. Mayor Giuliani says, I think everybody in New Hampshire has a Ph.D. in politics. We take it seriously. And never mind, it's good revenue for for the for the state having all that, you know, everybody coming in, you know, eating our food, renting our hotels. But it's a tradition it's important. We take that role very important. 
Now, my whole congressional delegation is Democrats. So I have two senators, Senator Jean Shaheen and Senator Maggie Hassan, and neither person is backing President Biden, who just announced that he wants to move the primaries. He wants to put New Hampshire second in South Carolina first. Of course, a lot of people think that's uh, a payback to Clyburn, that Clyburn probably wasn't going to back him for president, but said, you know, I, I, I got to do it. And what's in it for me? And it seems like a quid pro quo. But a lot of people are pushing back. And I'm so glad Maggie Hassan and Jean Shaheen are pushing back because I didn't see them having that backbone. They are very much yes people with the Biden administration and votes with him all the time. But stay with me and don't forget our number, 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back with you. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. I am Dr. Maria filling in for Mayor Giuliani. So I was talking about New Hampshire's first in the nation primary. Who is Joe Biden to say that South Carolina is going to go before New Hampshire? I got a surprise for Joe Biden. We actually have a state law in our state law says we will be the first of the nation primary. So if you put South Carolina February 2nd or 3rd, we'll do January 20th. We will always be first. I don't know, you know, if this is your payback to Cly- Clyburn, but stop it. I'm telling you, you're, you've messed with the wrong people when you mess with New Hampshire rights. Well, the Phone line is very busy right now, and I'm going to go with Danny. Good morning. Oops, good morning. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> Hello. Well, I'm sure it's morning somewhere, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel a tremendous honor to be the first call to your solo show. You know, Yay. I know the mayor's, the mayor's doing his business. I understand that. They've been harassing the poor guy the last few years, but he'll be free from it soon. Uh, Maria. The Republican Party, if you want to call it a party, uh, the establishment, uh, they will not address the biggest issues of the day. There are millions of voters in this country, especially out in the Midwest, even in the South, who don't even vote. They, and, these, you know, and they're never identified. We identify all different voters. A lot of white males over 18 do not vote. They feel like the country doesn't care about them, doesn't, uh, is not worried about them, or doesn't address their needs. When their needs are addressed, the Republican Party will get those votes and they'll win big time because right now there's certain states the Republicans cannot win. The biggest issues of the day to these voters, these males over 18, and Trump did win them both times, but he lost a little bit in the second time around in 20. Uh, race quotas they don't like. They don't like affirmative action, which is disguised as race quotas. Uh, they don't like big welfare programs. They don't like big taxes. They don't like their country being overrun at the border. They even don't like legal immigration anymore. They want jobs to go to Americans. A lot of people are not getting the, their fair share at work. They're being discriminated against because of race quotas. They absolutely hate Americans losing jobs because of Jobs going overseas, very easy with the telecommunications and everything today. You can ship jobs overseas, not only not only our manufacturing. When the Republican Party addresses these issues, I guarantee they will get that vote 
They will win some of the big key states. Uh, we call it the Rust Belt. We call it the industrial Midwest. They'll win that. They'll lock down certain of the states. And then they truly will win the presidency. Because there are certain states, I don't care who runs, they're not winning New York, the Republicans. They're not no. winning California. And then I win in Illinois. And I know you're a very smart person. And I know this, Maria, because I know you supported Pat Buchanan when he ran. That's right. You must listen to Uncovering the Truth. Yes. And the thing about that is I want to apologize to the country because I should have listened to people like you. I didn't vote for him. I feel that's one of the biggest regrets of my life, not voting for Patrick Joseph Buchanan. (laughs) And you're a person who did. And to me, you're like one of the you're one of the smartest people on the planet. Well, Danny, you can call any time. Um, really appreciate your thoughts. I too have been thinking about the people who don't vote, so it's really kind of ironic that you called. I was starting to think that I think we're losing votes because people don't trust the system. Why does it matter anyway? There's going to be cheating. I hear that repeatedly, and I'm scared. And I don't think we have the best voter integrity in America. And I always believe America is going to be the first ones, right? We're going to be the best in healthcare. We're going to have the best education, and we're falling behind in all those things. And now when we have mail-in votes and all those irregularities that happened in 2020. We got to, we got to clean up our own backyard. Well, I got to take a short break here. Stay with me. I'll see you when we get back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Allison, how are you today? Hi, Dr. Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? I think you make a great substitute. Um, (laughs) This is why I enjoy your Sunday show so much, because I get to talk to you. Oh, thank you. When I'm on that show. Um, Let's talk about cartels. Ooh, Um, Yes. To start it off with, um, which, in your perception, is the most dominant cartel that you've seen in the mainstream, or not mainstream media, in the media, open source media? Well, I can tell you the Senanola, if I'm pronouncing it, yes, is probably one of the most dominant ones in the drug trafficking world. There's multiple other, other cartels, but that one is the one that deals with most of the drug trafficking. And actually, at one time, the DEA put out where there was cartel members in. There's a, members in almost every state in the union. I couldn't believe it, even in New Hampshire. <laughs> familiar with that graphic. Um, the other one that I think really needs to be talked about a lot more is the new generation Yalisco cartel, hmm. NGJC. Now, Yalisco is spelled J-A-L-I-S-C-O, which people think is pronounced Jalisco. It's not. It's Yalisco. Okay. Um, 
they are responsible for multiple murders, uh, trafficking children. They do uh, the human trafficking with the wristbands. They do everything Sinaloa does. Uh, they do everything the Gulf Cartel does. Um, they are brutal. They, I would say, gave the Islamic State lessons along with the Zetas. I almost feel like we're at war with them. This isn't just, you know, neighbors to our south who are, you know, being coyotes and bringing people into the United States. It's a brutal, brutal ring that the, with the children's sex traffic, with the drug rings, the whole thing is just based on violence, hate, domination, um, glorifying the almighty dollar, and they are incredibly violent. You know, parts of Texas and Arizona used to suffer from these kidnappings from the cartels. And, you know, they would get money from the families. But that wasn't enough. They would torture these young women and most of the time behead them. They have this thing about beheading young women. You actually saw it in New York with um, in 2015, I think it was, with the MS-13 gang. You know, they got this thing about beheading women that out on Long Island. They didn't just behead. They disemboweled. Oh my goodness. On that playground. Oh my now, at, goodness. At that time, at that time I was dating an individual who was very high up in um the Drug Enforcement Administration and I remember I mean I just I remember that case very well. I remember all the case. I remember everything. Yeah, well you're <laughs> very knowledgeable, Allison. We always appreciate you coming in cuz you definitely know your stuff and you're always so full of knowledge. Well, I have an announcement that I I think most people know by today, but it was announced last night on Tucker Carlson. Um, Ronna McDaniel, who is the chair of the RNC, is going to have some competition now. We we know not too long ago, Mike Lindell had announced his campaign for the RNC chair. But last night, Harmeet Dillon, a California attorney who is also looking to take on the chairmanship. A lot of people have lost faith in Rona. And as a matter of fact, Harmeet Dillon said that Republicans are tired of losing. I think that it's time we really need to radically reshape our leadership in order to win. We can't keep running elections like we did in the 90s and the 2000s, and we really have to modernize to compete with the Democrats, dollar for dollar in the ways they fundraise, the way they deliver their ballots to the ballot boxes. So that that scares some people. Some people believe we should never do these Zuckerberg boxes. We should never do mail-in because they're ripe for cheating. But... You know, other people feel like, well, the Dems have mastered how to do this. Maybe we need to, too. The fundraising is out of control. I, When I think of the money that's spent, I'm like, we could feed half this country. Probably we could feed the whole country. And I said, couldn't we put a cap? Say if it's a presidential election, the cap is $5 million, you know, and I know that's crazy, right? People spend $50 million, $100 million, I think Bloomberg himself spent about $200 million. But that gets to freedom of speech, I'm told, by uh, an attorney I happen to know, Rudy Giuliani. He said, no, you couldn't really cap it because they would say it's against freedom of speech. But it doesn't seem fair. We talk about the little guy, right? Why New Hampshire is important for the first in the nation primary. It's because that little guy, the Pete Buttigieg, the, 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 the people that, 
you know, don't have big war chests get to get out in front of people and get to have a voice. Well, I'm afraid that it's really for the rich or people who know how to fundraise. I don't know for how many decades people have wanted me to go for, for Senate in New Hampshire. And it's like, I don't want to ask people for, for money. People work hard and I'm not rich. You know, I have to work for a living. So it, I think politics deters very good people. Number one, you get slandered like crazy. But number two, it costs a lot of money to run campaigns. And I wish we could do something creative about that. Well, it seems like drug cartels are the theme of the day. Let's go to Jimmy. We were warned in 1969 by one of the highest-ranking Soviet defectors that we're going to be destroyed through drugs and the corruption it brings. Now, we had a report a couple of years ago, maybe more than a couple of years ago, the Russian mafia, the Mexican drug cartels, and Hezbollah are all working together. We are in serious trouble. The attack is a worldwide movement. One more thing. The Biden, the Biden regime is helping the communist guy take over Brazil, Lula da Silva. Massive election fraud. Lula da Silva is not far left. He's not woke. He's part of the communist movement. He's a hardline communist. The Biden administration uh, warned the Brazilian military to stay out of this. And now the Biden regime is bringing, is inviting Lula da Silva to visit the White House. This is a world communist movement. It's attacking on all levels. What they're doing to our children in America, what they're doing with the drugs, they got us destroying our energy sector. I mean, look what, look what they have accomplished. In a normal war, you bomb your enemy's oil depot, you bomb your enemy's oil refineries, they didn't bomb us. They got us to destroy our own energy That's sector. right. Yeah. We, they don't bomb the factories. We sent our factories to the enemy, China. Yeah. They totally outsmarted us. Yeah. We are in serious trouble. Yeah. It's like we infiltrated from within with communist ideas, activism in the school systems. We dummied down our children like crazy, and now we're grooming them. It's a sick, sick game. The race wars, you know... Russia, Iran, China all interfere on the Internet and make, you know, these racial tensions. And we've got to get smart and start standing up for our Constitution and what makes us so special, because the world would love to see us fail. But globalists like Biden and all his elite friends who think they're so much better than the average Joe like this globalist crap. They think we should be a one-world nation. When I heard Biden committing monies, our tax dollar monies, to helping third-world countries become green, I'm like, you're kidding me. We have people hungry here. We have people without heat here. I don't care about their emissions. I really don't. I care about my safety here in America. I care about the schooling it is. We we are in trouble. But I feel that if we unite and we start taking a much more active role in our schools, in in our policies, we can do this. I have to say, I don't know Elon Musk at all, but what he's doing at Twitter, he he's being attacked all the time, right? I had a a, a a cut yesterday out of his own voice that said that he will not go in an open car right now. Right. He's afraid he'd even get killed because he's standing up for what free speech for transparency. 
he was he's a Democrat. And now the Democrats hate him because he's talking about free speech and he's exposing the relationship with the Biden administration, the FBI, colluding to keep information from the American people. They want to keep us stupid. They want to make us sheeps. And I'm telling you, they're almost there. They act, you know, the way people have acted recently where they don't care about the Constitution. It's a sad thing, but I feel like we can do this. We really can. Um, let's go with Rob from Secaucus. Hello, Dr. Maria. Rob, how are you? I'm good. I miss you. <laughs> we need you, while. Rob. Yes. Yeah. I got to tell you, there's, 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 you got some great callers on there just now. The, the, yeah. I think the gentleman, Jimmy, who was on before, he was referring to a guy by the name of Yuri Bezmanov, I believe. I, uh, I think it is, um, Rob. I just recently watched it in the last month, and it's prophetic. It's It's unbelievable. You know, listen, all of this talk, we got geniuses out here in the world. You're one of them. There's no doubt about it. Rudy, Rudy referred to you as a little genius last night, which I love when he said it. And so is he. And we're out there. And we're, we are overthinking this thing. We're yeah. not seeing what's going on here. And, and this is the original reason why I, I, I did seek out Rudy it, it, from the onset. I actually went to the um, the funeral in uh, Long Island for um, Bernie, and I saw Rudy there that day, and he was so larger than life to me when I saw him. And I knew, and I was always, li- I've been listening to his show anyway, and I, I knew I had to get in touch with him. It was almost like, you know, when somebody wants to will something onto themselves. My meeting you at the Zeldin rally that day with, with Rudy. Oh, you were a big the, help, too. <laughs> and I want more of that. I want to be I, 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 I wish I could be around you guys all the time and, you know, uh, brainstorm on these things because I have ideas. And I, I think we, we, we have to go in another direction, like trying to fix. Somebody mentioned the schools, getting the school. I think these schools are so far gone. They're so tainted and so poisoned with ideology from the janitor all the way up to the principal. These people have a vested interest for whatever reason. Well, not for whatever reason. The reason I I think I know what the reason is, and I think Yuri Bezmanov was trying to warn people about this. You have Dr. Matthias Desmet from um, Belgium. He's another one who was trying to warn people. And I just recently, it's starting to trend, by the way, in the news now. It's starting to become mainstream. What I originally reached out to Rudy for initially is now beginning to trend in the news. Laura Ingram did something on it the other day. I'm starting uh, Mike, Mike Savage, Michael Savage just did a thing. But I, I, I really hope, you know what, is there any way that, <laughs> I know you guys are so busy, but when can we meet again? Well, Rob, I appreciate your call, and I've been thinking the same thing about how we as a people can become more organized. And I, I always have this, um, oh, what's it called, Pollyanna thought. I wouldn't want it to be just Republicans. Like, I want it to be American groups that come together. I don't care what political party you're in, who want the best for our children, who want really good, tough schools. Like, I really believe parents have to be a part of it, too. Like, to me, children should read before they get into school. Absolutely. Reading comprehension is the first steps to mastering so many things. So we should take that off the teacher's plate. Those kids, five years old, should be reading. That's my own philosophy. And I think 
nobody can pr- promote it unless they pass certain milestones. So that's, you know, that helps us in so many ways as a nation to be competitive economically, a lot of ways, self-fulfillment for the person. But it takes a lot of organizations. People are busy trying to make a living. And, um, yeah, I'm always looking out for this, how I can contribute. Here in New York, there's a really fascinating group called the New York Young Republicans, and they're very active. And they're they're not so young. <laughs> they're, you know, 30-, 40-year-old people in that group and, and older, but they're called the Young Republicans. And they really are trying to make a difference. But I think it's looking out for groups like that and organizing. All right. We're going to try to take one more. There's so many people calling. Um, This sounds pretty fascinating. So I got to take this call. Judy. (laughs) It says there's wild animals on Long Island. I believe there are uh, sightings of coyote on Long Island, and there are pictures on the websites of a seal that, of course, attracts shark. And I wonder if anyone is looking into the Wildlands Project and the Wildways corridors that connect and surround what they call habitats of humanity. Well, Judy, that's a fascinating question, and I will have to pass that on to the people here or look into that tonight. I do believe I'm coming back tomorrow filling in for Rudy, so please listen in, and I should have some information for you. Okay, and is there anywhere that I could mail an article, a couple of articles that document some of these things? Yeah, if you stay on the line, our board op will uh, work with you on that. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, those were some really great great callers. And I say that, too, on our Sunday show, Uncovering the Truth. We have really engaged people who want to make a difference. And that's what we need to do. But stay with me. I'm going to have some final thoughts right after this break. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Dr. Maria. The Mayor's Final Thoughts are sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's the letter T, the number 2, the letter T, dot org. Well, I am a lover of history. I find myself a little bit eclectic. I like a lot of things. Probably not master of a lot either, but one thing I have deep love and respect for, and that's our American history. So sometimes I like to do this day in history, and I'll put it out on my social media, especially if it's a really fascinating story or it's something about our Revolutionary War or our Civil War or one of the founding fathers who I think were so, they were giants among men, that's for sure. So on this day, December 6, 1884, in Washington, D.C., workers placed a nine-inch aluminum pyramid inscribed with Laos Dio, meaning praise be to God, atop a tower of white marble, completing the construction of an impressive monument to the city's namesake and the nation's first president, George Washington. You know, early on, our little baby U.S. Congress in 1783 
already knew that they wanted to do a some kind of monument to the Revolutionary War general, our president, uh, President George Washington, and they started talking about where it would be, where it would go. But it wasn't until 1833 or 1832, I believe, about 33 years after Washington's death, that anyone really did anything about it. They did a lot of fundraising. School kids were asked to fundraise. Uh, They thought they needed about a million dollars in construction, believe it or not, began on July 4th, 1848 in all beautiful, beautiful white marble. But six years later, funds running low, and we got interrupted with the Civil War. So as Mark Twain said, it's an unfinished monument, and it looks more like a hollow, oversized chimney. And no further progress happened on that monument until 1876, the centennial of American independence, when President Ulysses S. Grant authorized construction to be completed. Another great general, by the way, Ulysses S. Grant. So it's made of some 36,000 blocks of marble and granite, and it's stacked 555 feet in the air. The monument was the tallest structure in the world at the time, and when it was completed in December 1884. In the six months following the dedication ceremony, over 10,000 people climbed the nearly 900 steps to the top of the monument. Today, an elevator can take you up. You don't have to walk. And a city law was passed in 1910 restricting the height of any new buildings to ensure that that monument will remain the tallest structure in Washington, D.C., a fitting tribute to the man known as the father of his country, our first president, George Washington, on this day in history. The mayor's final thoughts are sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We always appreciate you listening in Monday through Friday and also on the weekend for Uncovering the Truth every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Always love to hear you, and we will see you tomorrow.